support for the Heel Tough Blog podcast comes from Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Look, guys, we've all been there. We've all been trimming. All of a sudden, we clip something we don't want to clip. You don't want to do that. Make sure you take care of your downstairs area, just like the Tar Heels have to make sure they take care of Sam Howell. We don't want to have to put the backup in. And guess what? There's no backup for your balls. That's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. Their lawnmower 2.0 has proprietary skin-safe technology, so this trimmer won't nick or snag your nuts. That's right, manscaping accidents are finally a thing of the past, and come on guys, don't use the same trimmer on your face that you're using on your balls, let's just be honest, that is disgusting. Manscaped also has the Crop Preserver, an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer, so you don't have to use any of those powders or whatever, you already put deodorant on your armpits, why not put deodorant on the smelliest part of your body? Right now you can get 20% off plus free shipping with the code BIGHEADS, that's all one word, BIGHEADS at manscaped.com. Always use the right tools for the job, your balls will thank you. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code BIGHEADS at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code BIGHEADS to get your Manscaped product today. Davis steps under center. Gibson and McClendon behind it. Davis with motion by Richard. Will get the ball to McClendon. He leaps. Oh, he doesn't get in. He fumbled the football. Carolina holds. The game is over. And Carolina has won the game. Finley to throw. Over the middle. Intercepted. Wolfuck again. Wolfuck the other way. At the 30. The 40. Wolfuck to midfield. Miles Wolfuck with the pick. The heels on the doorstep of an enormous victory. Left side of the line. Hood standing to Williams' is right. Williams going to throw. One-on-one. Davis has it. Touchdown. Carolina wins. Carolina is the Coastal Division champion. Bernard fields it at the 26. Heading to the far side. Gio at the 35. Gio, he's at the 50. No, he's not. Yes, he is. Gio is going to take it for a touchdown. Are you kidding me? Connor Barth for the possible win. Snap. Spot. Kick away. High enough. Long enough. It's good! It's good! Carolina has won the game on a 42-yard field goal by freshman Hunter Burke. Good gosh, dirty. This is the Heel Tough Blog Podcast. Hey guys, and welcome into this edition of the Heel Tough Blog Podcast. It is Anthony Pagnotta back with you guys as always. And today we are back to having some uh, exclusive guests on the podcast. 
And uh, we welcome in from Heels Maven, it is Brant Wilkerson. And Brant, we, uh, we want to start by giving you an opportunity to clarify for the fan base that you are, in fact, not the man that was referenced in the tweet uh, that we saw the other night that a Carolina basketball writer makes around $900,000 a year. You cleared it up for all of the media members the other day uh, up in front of everybody before uh, one of the press, what was that? Was that uh, Courtney Banghart's press conference before? Uh, the... Before we had the, uh, the football players uh, that we talked to. On gotcha. Tuesday. Okay. Yeah. yeah, and so you announced to all of them that you are not the mystery man. So we just want to give you a chance to clarify that and, uh, and not not get uh, you know some of the criticism that I feel like most people would be uh, would be throwing your way for uh, getting that much money uh, at you know with a what is considered a brand new company. <laughs> no, I am I am indeed not making nine hundred thousand dollars. Unfortunately, um, maybe in the future, but uh, for now, I need people to get to the website and, and give me some clicks if, if we want to get uh, anywhere close to that. But um, it, it's it's gonna be a while before we get in that range. See, there we go. See, then you won't be accepting any of my messages to come on the podcast because you'll be just a little bit too famous for us. But uh, no, we really appreciate you stopping by, man. And uh, yeah, we, we thought we'd uh, have you on, ask you a couple questions about this uh, this Carolina football team right now that comes into Saturday's game against Mercer four and six on the season. I mean, look, you know, nine of the ten games so far this year have been one possession games. Uh, they are just three and six in those games, though, so far. Uh, is it really th- this simple to say that? you know, it's because of the injuries, that it's because of the youth on this team, or is there maybe a, a bigger issue here that we're just not really focusing on because of, you know, those those injuries and the youth? No, I, I think that's exactly it. Um, you know, if if this were the same team, if, if you had Miles Wolfhook and you had Patrice Renee on the field, as you did in the, the first, uh, well, first one and a half games for Patrice Renee. But um, really, I think it, it comes down to what, what went missing as, as to why. Um, you know, we saw Charlie Heck get, get hurt against Wake Forest, and he wasn't quite himself for the rest of that game. And obviously, Wake had something to do with the way that game went. But, um, you know, Carolina's offensive line could not do anything in that game. Sam Howell was under all kinds of pressure. And then the problems that we've seen more recently have been on the defensive side. And it hasn't necessarily always been the secondary, but it has been because of the secondary. Because, I mean, you've got you got Storm Duck back there. You're you're working in a, a couple of freshmen. You got Don Chapman and Geo. Geo, jeez. Um, um, you've got so many young guys uh, back there uh, playing. I mean, you got DeAndre Hollins, who wasn't even didn't even begin the season as a cornerback, um, going over there and playing a, a lot of corner and. Um, you know, because of that, Carolina's had to adjust some of the things that's doing defensively to protect those guys and, and keep them from getting one-on-one matchups with Greg Ross and one-on-one matchups with Storm Doc, who's he's pretty good, but he's a freshman, and there's so much for him to learn. So um, I think really if this were the same team that had stayed healthy all year, I think we would have seen some different results. Well, one of the big, you know, things that has kind of been lacking here over the last few games since that secondary has become so banged up and so young is the pass rush, mainly from the defensive line. And it's like you said, Jay Bateman has to kind of scheme to try to help out some of these young guys in the secondary. That means he's not able to blitz as much as he liked to early in the year. 
But the problem is, is that when it that's when it seems like Carolina is able to get pressure on the quarterback is when they scheme up those blitzes where they blitz one of their two inside linebackers, Jeremiah Gimmel or Chad Surratt. It just seems like the defensive line is not where they were early in the year. Early in the year, they really looked like a unit that was dominant and kind of the unit that we thought they could be coming into the season. And now, you know, they've really struggled really since that game against Virginia Tech. Is there, I mean, why do you think that they're having these these types of issues and how do they get this back on track here in the last couple of games of the season? Yeah, it's... Um been a challenge because uh, I think I think Mac has referenced a couple times they had uh, Aaron Crawford on the field for I think 90 plays against Virginia Tech and you know Aaron Crawford is a big tough dude but you just can't do that with a 300 and something pound defensive lineman and really that's kind of been a thing is it's it's been him and Jason Strobridge up there have been the only two consistent guys and they've tried to work in a little more youth behind them here in the past few weeks but those guys just clearly aren't as good as the other two so um, I think there's a little bit of um, I think that, that Bateman was talking a little bit on Monday about, you know, sometimes you're going to have to live with some things now. Um, so I think that you might see Carolina get back to a little more of that blitzing over these next few weeks. And uh, what what happens with the corners is, is what happens with the corners. Although, you know, he, he did talk a little bit about where cornerbacks can suffer if they get thrown into a situation where, you know, they're, they're getting picked on a little bit. It can be tough to get their confidence back up for a while, but – um, you know, that's a tough balance they're going to have to find if they want to get to a bowl game. And I think uh, Bateman's going to try to find a little more of that balance with bringing some pressure here uh, against Mercer and State. Well, Bateman should be getting a little help from an offense that has gotten into a rhythm, especially the passing game. And it really starts with the quarterback, Sam Howell. I mean, look, he enters the game just one touchdown pass short of tying Mitch Trubisky for the single season record too short of breaking that how special is this young man and and what do you think his ceiling is going forward I mean I think a lot of teams in the country would uh would kill to be in the position that that Carolina is with Sam Howell moving forward and and having so much of the offense uh coming back I was I was looking at it the other day and um I think I so it's a hundred percent of the passing yards 98% 98% of uh, the receiving yards, and I think 86% of the rushing yards are going to be back next season uh, based on the current uh, current stats. So, I mean, that's that's just a ridiculous amount of continuity for your offense, and the line is, is going to be pretty well intact um, with, with, a guy, with guys that have gotten a ton of experience aside from Charlie X. So, uh, I mean, I think the, the sky really is the limit for, for Sam Howell, and I think, you know, we've only begun to – we've only just begun to see what he can do because – the offense has not really been able to go uh, full playbook yet because of the situation that they're in with not really having a backup quarterback right now and mm-hmm. uh, some of the offensive line struggles they've had. So when next season and beyond, when they kind of open up the playbook a little more and allow some of the more um, the, the running stuff that they need to do that opens up the field more for Sam Howell, um, I think that, you know, when it's all said and done, we're going to see Sam Howell become a Heisman candidate in, in his last year in Chapel Hill. 
Yeah, that, that would be an exciting thing to see, especially with the struggles that the Tar Heels had at quarterback over the last couple of years. Uh, they had some struggles running the football over the last few seasons as well. That seemed to dissipate a little bit this season with a group of guys in the backfield that have performed extremely well. You mentioned it, 86% of that will be back next season, the production that we've seen there. Is it safe to say that heading into next year, this unit could be one of the better ones in the country that people are just not talking about? Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, Javante Williams, he's got a shot at a thousand yard season here. And uh, that, that's pretty, pretty darn good for a guy that really didn't get any kind of consideration from, from bigger programs. Um, and then Michael Carter is a guy that's going to be a threat to go the distance every single time he touches the ball. So um, I, I think they've, they've got some really good chances to do, do some things. And the offensive line is certainly going to be better next year, I would think. Uh, mm-hmm. Even though you, you do lose Charlie Heck, who's really good. Um, but the rest of the offensive line is, is going to be so much more experienced and so much more tested with what they've kind of gone through this year at times, which hasn't always been fun to go through for them, I'm sure. But um, those two guys are, are going to be the perfect balance for, for what they want to do. And I think that um, aside from running the ball, I think uh, Phil Longo gives those guys a great chance to catch passes out of the backfield, which is going to be a, another big weapon for him, especially for Michael Carter. Well, let's not act like this offense has been perfect so far this season. One of the biggest issues is that, you know, between the 20s, this is a really good football team, but let's be honest, they're not really putting the ball in the end zone when they get in the red zone. Of their 39 red zone appearances, just 19 have resulted in touchdowns. Do you think that this is something that can be fixed starting now or is this something that you probably have to wait until the offseason and you know Mac Brown's really going to have to sit down and go through everything over the past few years with Phil Longo's offense to try to figure out just why this team can't put it in the end zone yeah that, that is kind of been that was the one knock uh, in the I guess in the preseason research that I was doing on Phil Longo's offenses that uh, when he was at Ole Miss, it, it didn't necessarily have a whole lot of success in the red zone. It was uh, it was a fairly low touchdown percentage. They were pretty good at getting getting field goals down there, mm-hmm. and uh, you know we've seen some of that at Carolina this year, which is. Um, you know, it's hard to say what it is. Is it the play calling? Is it uh, just the, the lack of being able to run your quarterback? That That's something that I, I asked him about on Monday, and he kind of said, you know, it would be a really big benefit for us if we were able to run our quarterback in the red zone more, but that's something they just don't have the luxury of right now with, <laughs> with Chase Ruger injured. So um, I think that it, it is something that can change because it's something that, that Mac Brown has locked in on, and, and he mentioned it several times on Monday. So, um, you know, I, I would have to feel pretty confident as a Carolina fan moving forward if if it's something that Mac Brown has really locked his mind on and it's something that he wants to sit down and study. I think that's a pretty good guy to uh, to have in the room to, to get something figured out with that. So I think we're going to see a little bit of improvement uh, in that regard, especially against Mercer and, and NC State, who isn't uh, neither of those uh, defenses are setting the world on fire. So I think you might uh, you might see a little bit of improvement. But I think the real uh, the real jump is going to come when they can get back to, to running Sam Howell down there because you know early in the year that's they did a lot of that right. they scored a, the one mm-hmm. of the touchdowns against uh, South maybe it was not a touchdown it was a two point conversion against South Carolina and like that and mm-hmm. that was what they wanted to do against Clemson it, it just didn't work out because Clemson made a great read on the play but uh, I think they really need to be able to run Sam Howell near the goal line a little more. 
Bram, what has to happen for this team to make a bowl game? And do ultimately, do you think they get it done? I do. Um, I, you know, I think they, they show up on Saturday. They play a complete game against Mercer, which, uh, you know, not a very good FCS team right now. Mm-hmm. But the thing is with Carolina is that uh, regardless of who they're playing on Saturday, it could be Mercer, it could be uh, Alabama. What you really want them to see, because we've seen it so rarely, is to have them come out and play a complete game. Um, just put it all together for four quarters, keep the pedal to the metal, and um, I'm sure they're going to try to work in some seniors and work in some reserves to see what they got uh, in the younger guys. Um, but as, as long as you're seeing that full 60-minute effort, and um, I, I think you're happy with that. And, you know, going over to NC State next week, I think it, it's just been a really, really rough one for NC State where um, I think that they're, they don't really have a whole lot of offensive firepower right now. And um, I think it's going to be tough for them to keep up. And, and Carolina, I believe, is going to go over there and beat them by, you know, uh, seven to, to 14 points and get into that bowl game. And uh, we'll see if we end up in, in Shreveport or Detroit or wherever. But uh, really the most important thing um, for, for Carolina out of that is going to be the chance to get a couple extra weeks of practice. Brant Wilkerson knew of Heels Maven. Uh, great stuff, man. Love having you on. Uh, that was fantastic. Um, and uh, we definitely have to have you on a lot more, man. You do some great work over there. May not be making $900,000 a year, uh, but you're doing some great work over there. Tell the people where they can find all your stuff at so they don't miss any of the stuff you're putting out. Absolutely. You can find me on Twitter at Brant Heels Maven, uh, B-R-A-N-T Heels Maven, and uh, the website is si.com slash college slash UNC, which uh, seems like we could, we could find something a little easier than that, but um, it, it, it's been fun so far, and I, I appreciate you having me on. Yeah, Brand. Hey, take care, buddy. We'll talk to you down the line, and uh, hopefully your prediction comes true, and this team will uh, get those extra practices and ultimately be able to go and enjoy a bowl game and, and find a way to uh, add a little more experience to what should be an exciting team next year in 2020. All right, so that is Brant Wilkerson, new of Heels Maven, which is the newer website that they're kind of working with for Sports Illustrated. Some great stuff there. So want to thank him for stopping by with us uh, and breaking down uh, what will be an exciting finish to this 2019 season for the Tar Heels. Of course, it begins against Mercer at 3.30 on Raycom Sports Network, uh, which is basically your your local Fox Sports uh, station. So here uh, in the Charlotte area, it's going to be Fox Sports Southeast is where you can catch it, um, which is basically, uh, you know, again, the same spots where you found the game against App State, game against Virginia Tech, and the game against Duke. That's where you can watch this game uh, for the Tar Heels. Or, of course, you can check out our friend Jones Angel. Uh, he'll be on the call along with Brian Simmons on the Tar Heels Sports Network. And then, of course, the Tar Heels will prepare for the road battle against NC State to close down the season. 
Tar Heels got to win the last two if they want to go bowling. And as Brant said, uh, the, the more important thing is getting those extra practices in together. And uh, then, of course, they'll be able to go out, hopefully, and play in a bowl game. But uh, we'll have you covered on the Heel Tough blog and the Heel Tough blog podcast. Of course, uh, you guys can check out the Mercer preview on the podcast. Uh, we did that the other day, as well as we had a uh, in-depth discussion about where Mitch Trubisky's career, the former North Carolina Tar Heel, where his career stands at right now with the Chicago Bears. Very interesting stuff there. Uh, a little bit of a back and forth between me and Josh. We don't disagree much, but uh, that was one of the moments. So make sure you guys go and check that out. Uh, make sure you also go and check the uh, Heel Tough blog uh, for all of your latest football news. That includes Brant, uh, Brant Lawless Cheryl's transfer uh, I almost said Brant Wilkerson's transfer. He's still, uh, with, as you heard, he's still with the uh, covering the Tar Heels, so don't worry about that. But no, Brant Lawless, Cheryl, uh, his transfer from North Carolina, uh, reportedly in the transfer portal, according to Inside Carolina. And uh, we have that article up there for you, so make sure you guys go and read uh, what that'll mean for this Tar Heel defensive line uh, the rest of this season and then in 2020, as well as you can go back and and look at some of our articles from the Pittsburgh game to try to get a feel on what this Tar Heel team uh, will be able to uh, will be building off of uh, coming into the game against Mercer. We'll have the full Mercer preview up there for you. That'll be up uh, tomorrow afternoon uh, for your reading pleasure. That'll also have a link to the Mercer preview podcast, so you can check it out there. Uh, make sure you guys go back and check that one out. Make sure you go and check out the Roy's Boys podcast as well. Uh, on the website, you can go to he on HeelToughBlog.com. Right at the top, you got the Heel Tough Blog podcast tab. Right next to it is the Roy's Boys podcast tab. Click on that. We have your Elon recap uh, as we recap another ugly win last night in the Smith Center. A great performance, though, from Armando Bicot. And then, uh, of course, you can go back, listen to all of the old episodes. Go back into uh, some of the ones we did over the summer. Some great sit-downs with Matt Dorn as well as plenty of other great uh, Carolina journalists as well that helped break down this team for you. So make sure you go back, listen to those editions of the Roy's Voice podcast. We'd really appreciate it. So uh, once again, want to thank Brant Wilkerson New for stopping by. Want to thank you guys for listening. And as always, go Tar Heels!